Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. So in the last podcast, um, I was three days out from completing my first marathon, hoping to complete my first marathon at that stage. And today I am coming to you a week after having having done it, having completed um, my first ever marathon. So Tommy and I um, headed down to Cork on Sunday and we did it. Um, got our first ever marathons in the bag. And I suppose first and foremost, I just want to say a massive thank you um, to everyone for the lovely messages and for the support and the well wishes along the way. Um, this was a six month journey that ended in an absolutely massive high for us last Sunday. If you want to hear, if you want to hear more about um, the lead up to things and how our training went, go back to episode eight, which was recorded just three days out from the marathon. Um, after having recorded that episode and having put it out there for the world to hear, I started to think, oh my God, I have to actually go and do it now because there's a podcast out there telling people that I'm three days out. So I'm very happy to be coming to you now today after having actually gotten it done. Um, so after um, I recorded that podcast, um, we actually we had a wedding that day on the Thursday. Um, we had made the decision not to drink a drop as we did not want to do anything to negatively impact um, our preparation, either physically or probably more importantly, mentally. We didn't want to have anything in our heads to throw us off um, to make us think even more than we were already, that we couldn't do it. Um, so we had that on Thursday in Mayo. Then we traveled down to Cork on Friday. We wanted to give ourselves a day around Cork just so that um, just to get the body nice and loose, to go for a stroll, to be a little bit relaxed, not to be stuck in a car for a good few hours um, the day before the marathon. So headed down to Cork on Friday. It was an absolutely glorious day of eating carbs all day long. Um, then on Saturday, um, we worked a bit. We worked for most of the day on Saturday, which was a lovely distraction, um, kept our minds occupi occupied. And it was another beautiful carb filled day. Um, we did go to Cork City Hall on the Saturday evening um, to collect our race numbers. Um, and in Cork City Hall, where everything was set out um, for the marathon, people collecting their race numbers, people buying gels, buying um, electrolytes, people, um, I suppose, advising people on the route. There was lots of people there who had ran the race, who had ran the Cork Marathon before. The pacers were there. There was nutritionists there. Everybody was, um, Red FM were there. Everyone was there um, chatting about the marathon. And that's when it became very, very real for us. Yes, we had signed up for it. Yes, we were doing it. Yes, it was less than 24 hours out. Um, there was an incredible buzz around the place, but it definitely intensified our nerves. Um, and we realized that um, it, like we were less than 24 hours out and we were going to have to run 26 miles, 42K. Um, and there was no getting away from it. We were there. Um, we started to wonder what had we gotten ourselves in for 
um, especially because we didn't like we didn't really know what it was going to be like on the day we hadn't done it before it was all new um our parents then arrived in Cork that evening um, and that was I suppose a nice distraction for us as well we went out for food went to Nando's for the second day in a row um just because we didn't want to go trying anything new and we knew what the menu was like and we knew we could get loads of carbs um so went out for dinner that night and just talked about everything but the marathon really just to distract ourselves um we stocked up on things for breakfast in the shop on the way home um and we headed back to our hotel room said goodnight to the parents and all that sort of thing um and went back to the hotel room and got everything ready for the morning um got the gear ready the gels ready pinned our race numbers to our shirts um got everything out for breakfast so um we were really like less than less than probably 12 hours out then and um we made our plan for the following day as well so we decided amongst ourselves um we were going to find that four hour pacer and we were going to stick to him we thought that that should be very doable but we were also going to be very delighted if we managed it in in the four hours or like we were hoping under that four hours um myself and tommy we made the pact to stay together um and the pact was to stay together unless there was a code red so code red um was our code for i'm not going to finish this you go on without me and code red was a serious a serious thing to say um so we made the promise to each other that, that we weren't going to use a code red likely um because it really meant that i'm not able to finish this it wasn't a case that you could say a code red and the other person could try and convince you to keep going on that wasn't the case code red was serious and you only used it when you needed to and we made the decision that apart from a code red if one of us was struggling um, but could keep going and we thought we would finish the race, the other person was going to slow down with that person. Um, so we had kind of said, like, even if we finish it in four and a half hours, if we finish it in five hours, like we'll, we'll do our best to finish it together if we can, apart from that code red, which means, OK, I'm I'm moving at the moment, but I, I don't I don't think I'm going to finish this. Go without me. I don't want to ruin your race. So that was the pact that we made. We also had said to each other that, OK, if things are going amazingly well, if we feel good at mile 23, which was going to be kilometer 37, about 5K is left, then we push on. We leave the pacers and we go for it. Um, and that was going to be if things were going incredibly well. So that was the plan that we made. And we headed off to bed with that plan. Um, we were wide awake at first. Um, the lights went off, but um, we were not feeling sleepy. Um, so after realizing that we were both still wide awake, we um, we said to ourselves, OK, let's just do some deep breathing. Let's try and calm down the nervous systems. Um, so we didn't talk. We just practiced some nice deep breaths. And luckily, after a little while, both fell asleep and we actually got a decent sleep, which I didn't think was going to happen the night before. So thank God that did. So up the next morning, nice and early around 
I think it was just before six o'clock, got up, dressed, breakfast. So we got cornflakes into us, got some um, Jaffa cakes into us, got some gels into us. So just carved up, um, took some electrolyte tablets, coffee, the whole lot, um, and then out the gap to City Hall. So we were heading to City Hall that morning to meet um, two groups of our clients who were two relay teams um, made up of our clients. So 10 of our amazing clients who were getting organized for the relay, getting their numbers, getting their shirts organized, like figuring out who was swapping to who. Um, bear in mind that our clients hadn't met each other because our coaching tribe is fully online. So we've only met each other through Zoom. Um, so that morning was just spent kind of figuring out who was passing to who and how it was all going to work. So myself and Tommy headed over to make sure everyone knew what they were doing. Once everyone was sorted, then um, we headed from City Hall to the start line with two of our clients who were um, doing the first leg of the relay. Um, so at this time and all morning, it had been absolutely pissing rain and it hadn't stopped. Um, so it was uh, we were walking to the walking to the start line getting wet but there was nothing we could do about it at that stage um and the nerves just continued to build and build really um we just wanted to get going we were getting wet we were nervous um and we just wanted to get started so headed towards the start line um Tommy needed to go to the bathroom but there was no toilets free so he had to decide to hold it and was going to go during the race um so we found the four hour pacer and we lined up near him um, we had been given some great advice from a lot of different friends and relatives and things who had done marathons in the past. Um, and the, the advice we got from every single person was not to go out too fast, um, not to get too excited at the start. So we were very, very mindful of that. So we said, we're finding this pacer and we're sticking with him um, as much as we can, at least until halfway. Um, and like, as long as we're feeling good, continue, continue to stick with them. Um, so the race got started and as we started off and um, it was quite crowded, but once we got into the few minutes, um, and stuck with our pacer, the pace actually felt really, really easy for us. Um, I suppose bear in mind, we had done a lot of our training runs in the heat of Dubai, um, and it was so much cooler in Cork and it was raining, which helped to keep us cool as well. So the pace felt lovely and easy. We were buzzing. <laughs> we were chatting away. We were having a few jokes. Um, the first seven miles were so, so lovely. We even spotted a few of our friends along the way. Um, we were able to shout at them. Um, life was good for the first seven miles. Then we kind of got around to the Jack Lynch, Jack Lynch tunnel. Um, and things were feeling pretty good out of the Jack Lynch and beyond a little bit. Um, then, um, I suppose around the 12K mark, I started to feel my right hip flexor, something I hadn't felt at all in any of my training or at all previously in any of my runs. Um, so I was thinking that's a bit strange. Why is that happening? Um, then at around the 14, 15K mark, I started to feel my right knee the injury I had been carrying back at this, like back at the start of the year and before December, which really did clear up, but I hadn't really been feeling for the last few months. So I was like, what is going on here? So that was around the 15, 15 Ks out of 42. I was like, this is not good. Um, I tried to ignore it, tried to tell myself it'd go away. Um, I didn't, I didn't 
say anything about it to Tommy. I was just trying to distract myself as much as possible from it. Um, we decided then that a toilet stop would be a good call. There was porterloos at each of the relay changeovers, which was around every kind of around every eight, nine K roughly. Um, so we decided we'd make a toilet stop at the second relay at the second relay change. Um, so in order to build up a bit of time, we said we'd power on past the pacer a little bit, make up a bit of time. We'd have our toilet stop and then hopefully the pacer wouldn't be gone too far beyond us. So we did that, um, worked really well, powered on, built up a bit of time, went to the toilet, came out, Pacer was only just a small bit ahead of us, so life was good. Um, and we came out of the bathroom, felt a lot lighter, felt like that was that was a good idea. Um, so we got going again. Um, we made up ground, got back up to the Pacer again. As we approached the halfway mark, I was suffering more and more. Um, like my my pains in my right knee and my right hip were not going away. I was really starting to doubt things. I, I had it in my head that I might be, I might be stopping at halfway, which is something I really, really didn't want to do. But it just seemed like it was going to be a very long race to be running with, with pain in with pain in my right side um, that wasn't really going away. Um, and I think it was because I had it in my head that we were we weren't even halfway that that made it even more challenging. And I really didn't want to tell Tommy because I didn't want to bring him down. And I suppose we had we had this pact all through our training that we weren't going to say anything negative on a run like while we were still running it like it wasn't a good idea to say negative things to each other because we didn't want to negatively impact the other person so all through our training if it wasn't going to be something that helped it wasn't said and that worked so so well for us um so I kept it to myself and I just stopped talking really um decided if I didn't have something good to say which I didn't it wasn't going to be said um so said to myself let's just get to the halfway and see how we feel um wishing that the pain hadn't started thinking back of all my other runs where I didn't have a bother where I never had an ache or a pain and I felt great and I said to myself let's just keep going let's just keep moving the legs everyone else around me they're all doing it like I saw people so much older than me um, and they're they're taking on marathons here. If they can do it, like, why can't I do it? I don't have an excuse. So I said, let's just go to the halfway, see how we feel. Um, somehow managed to miss the sign that said 13 miles, the halfway mark. Um, and I, I had decided not to look at my watch um, until I saw the 13 mile sign. Um, and I, I started thinking, geez, this is a really long mile. Like, where is that 13 mile sign? So I was like, feck it, I'm going to look at the watch. Realized we had gone to the 22K mark, which was beyond the halfway, beyond the halfway um, mark. So I had 22 out of 42K done. And that actually helped me a little bit. That was a bit of a mental win. I had missed that sign, but I'd actually gone much further than I thought. So then I said to myself, okay, let's get to 25K um and like that was going to be my next marker we'll see how I feel there I'll make the decision there if I'm going to keep going 
So as we were coming up towards like from, we'll say 22 to 25K, we were coming back into the city and there was a bit of a buzz. Um, just the, the half marathon people had joined us at that stage. They were looking, they were looking sprightly. Um, there was more supporters around the streets. Um, so got to that 25K mark and kind of like the buzz was keeping me going a, a bit. The cheers were helping. Um, and I said to myself, okay, let's just do 30. Let's get to 30 there's only going to be 12 left in so 30 was the next mental the next mental milestone in my head 30 came um and I said to myself okay let's just get to the next relay change let's just see our clients at the next relay change and take it from there and it was a massive boost to myself and Tommy seeing our clients along the way so we got to see two of our clients at each relay change um, and that just kept us going and I didn't want to stop and like have my clients wonder what's after happening to her um, and I suppose I just said okay let's get there um, and that took us up to the 34k mark so then I just reasoned with myself, look, you can do eight kilometers. You have eight kilometers in the legs. Eight kilometers is nothing. Um, and I thought I, at the same time, I was also thinking to myself, OK, if I walk now, I'll still finish in under five and a half hours. That's not too bad. And then on the other side, I thought to myself, but if I walk, it's going to take longer. <laughs> so let's just run a little bit more. Um at some point around here as well, our pacer actually passed us out on a downhill. Um, and that was a bit of a that was a bit of a kick in the arse for us, really. So we dug deep and we got back ahead of the pacers. Not that we were in a race with the pacer or anything, but we just felt that if we could stay ahead of the pacer, it was a bit of a mental win for us that as it got towards the end, then if at least if we had a bit of a a bit of ground on the pacer, um, it gave us a bit of a security blanket, made us feel that little bit better. Um, and just a little side now, side note, our pacers were incredible. They were so, so sound. Um, and they just did a phenomenal job at keeping such a steady pace throughout the race. And a massive thank you to them for that. They they were truly amazing. Um, so we got back ahead of the pacer anyway, and we got around that 23 mile mark, that 37 kilometer mark. Um, this was the point where myself and Tommy said, OK, if we were feeling good, that we would push on. So that 30, that 23 mile sign came and neither of us said anything. Um, a minute or two passed and still neither of us said anything. This was the point where we were going to have that conversation about pushing on. And there was dead silence. Um, so I thought to myself, OK, he's not saying anything now because he doesn't want to put pressure on me. Um, so I was like, I may as well just say it. So out I came with it and I just said, Tommy, I'm not going to be able to push on here. I don't have it in the legs. And to my to my surprise and um, to my surprise, and I suppose I was very thankful, Tommy said, absolutely grand me neither okay and he said at least it's not a code red so then I said very soppily um if soppily is a word I said will we cross the will we cross the line together holding hands and he was like let's do it and this spurred the two of us on it was only 5k left and I just had a vision in my head 
at that stage of the two of us crossing the line together. We hadn't spoke before about crossing the line, holding hands or anything as soppy as that. But just in the moment, with all the pain that we had gone through, it seemed like a good thing to do. And it actually gave us both a bit of a a bit of a buzz to have that in our heads to work towards that for the last 5K. And I suppose in my head, it was only 5K, but also it was 5K, like five kilometers of running through pain. Um, so it seemed easy, but it seemed very tough on the other hand. Um, and they were, it was a flat 5k, but it, it was so, so tough. It, it was a really, really tough 5k. We were counting down, but it still, it still feel like a way to go. Um, and I was in a fair bit of stage at that, a fair bit of pain at that stage. What I was trying to do, I was trying to keep my knee and my hip at a certain at a certain degree of flexion at a certain bend and use them more as like as a fixed kind of crutch to keep myself going. And I was trying to put more load through my left side as much as I could. Um, And despite that, I, I did. I believed I could do it at that stage at the 5K mark. I believed I could keep going and I really didn't want to stop. Not that close to the finish line. And as we started to get closer into the city again, I started to recognize some of the familiar sites around Cork. Um, I had lived in Cork for a year before, so I was I was quite familiar with the city. And as we started to come back in, I started to see UCC and I was like, OK, I recognize this estate. I recognize that building. And it was kind of like a little bit of a distraction. And I knew I wasn't too far from Patrick Street at that stage. Um, and the closer we got, the more supporters there were. There was a bit of music. There was a few DJs. There were shouts of support. Um, and I was just using anything at that stage to stay going. And we got closer and closer. Um, we were counting down the Ks. We got to our last mile. We saw t- the 25 mile sign and it felt good, but it also felt like, oh, my God, another mile to go. Um, then we got past that 25 mile sign and someone shouted 420 meters left. And that was like, oh, my God, 420 meters. Like that felt kind of amazing. However, whoever shouted that lied. They lied on the day. <laughs> there was about a kilometer left. We figured out later. Um, so we got into the city. Um, we turned the corner to Washington Street. Um, just before turning that corner to Washington Street, we saw Tommy saw one of his good friends and his girlfriend and uh, two people who had we had lived with actually over in England, and that gave us a huge boost. Then we turned the corner onto Washington Street, and then onto Patrick Street saw our parents at the side which gave us another massive boost and we saw the finish line it was in sight and we crossed that finish line on Patrick Street and my god what a relief it was done 26 miles in the bag 42.195 kilometers done and we finished ahead of the four hour pacer so we knew we had hit the target there was an overwhelming sense of joy pride accomplishment success but also shock and relief Tommy turned to me and said we get to stop running now and oh my god it was just it was surreal it was overwhelming 
what a four hours it had been. What a feeling. What a day. Such hardship, but such an incredible feeling. I'd do it all again in a heartbeat. It was definitely the toughest and one of the best days of our lives so far. We've still been on an absolute high since. And that was the Cork Marathon. That was our very first marathon in the bag. Um, I got to see my best friend at the finish line. I didn't know she was going to be there. And I was just, I didn't know what words to use or what words to say. I was in pain. I was sore. I was in shock. I was surprised. I couldn't believe that we had done it. Um, And despite the aches and the pains, I would do it all again in a heartbeat. It was the best experience ever. Um, And myself and Tommy, like, like, we like we became closer because of it we went through four hours of pain together and like we were actually just happy and proud of each other as much as anything else so if anyone out there is ever thinking of wanting to do a marathon I would absolutely absolutely recommend that you go for it what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you and that challenge has definitely changed us in such a positive positive way and we cannot wait to do our next one and we have signed up for two more um we don't want to think too much about them just yet we're still on the come down from the first but we cannot wait to go at it again so guys i'm going to leave it there that was our very first marathon one of the best experiences of my life to date Um, And I cannot wait to do my next. Um, I want to thank everyone again for all the support along the way. And I also just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast so far, to everyone who has liked it, shared it, subscribed and reviewed it. Thank you so much. And I will see you all in episode number 10.